Hi, welcome to the Anime Bar. I'm your host, Jimsta, and we've been gone for a little bit and doing a little remodeling. A couple of things have changed. No longer are we doing an anime per month. We're doing an anime per week. So every week, there's going to be a different anime, and we'll talk about the full season, and we have a cool cocktail to go along with that anime. This week's anime is Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s. Just came out super fresh. And the cocktail to go along with it is called the King of Duels. It's made with butterfly, PT infused gin, elderflower tonic water, fresh blueberries, grapefruit, and rosemary. Once you have this cocktail, you too can become a dual monsters champion. If you want to try out this recipe, it's posted on all our socials at the Anime Bar. If you make this at home, we would love to see your pictures. So please tag us or stitch us or however you can get in contact with us. This week, I have a special guest joining me at the bar. It's one of my greatest friends. He is a Pokemon, Digimon, and most importantly, a Yu-Gi-Oh! expert. David of Applin's Orchard. I messed that up. David of Applin Orchard on Instagram. Sorry about that, David. It's cool. Uh, first off, I am definitely by no means a Yu-Gi-Oh! expert. <laughs> Uh, but a Yu-Gi-Oh fanatic, definitely, for sure. Uh, grew up with it just like Pokemon. Uh, you know, I was nine years old. I uh, lived in an apartment complex. My first ever card I ever received from a friend was Silver Fang. It was such a cool card. I loved Wolves at the time. You know, I watched the show. I fell in love with Red Eyes Black Dragon. I ended up pre-ordering. They had this really cool large box. Uh, if anybody has seen the original series, uh, Joey Wheeler, his uh, deluxe edition starter deck. Uh, I was waiting for it for a while, but once I finally got it, I fell in love with it even more. Um, I've continued to watch the series uh, ever since. This is the one franchise I'd say I'm probably a little bit more critical on. But at the same time, I can always find fun in every generation of Yu-Gi-Oh! With that being said, Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s is the one series I have not seen subbed. So I'm quite literally watching it from the beginning like everyone else uh, in the dubbed uh, setting. And yeah, I got a lot to say about it. It's pretty good so far. Awesome. And I am fairly new to the newer Yu-Gi-Oh! seasons. Actually, every Yu-Gi-Oh! season. I watched the original, and I've watched GX, thanks to David, giving me that nudge in that direction. And I love GX. There's a character I love in season one. It's my favorite character probably in the world. And Sevens just came out, and David and I were supposed to do a different anime to kick this off. And then I switched it after I watched the first episode of Seven. So I'm really excited to be covering this. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm actually kind of glad you changed it just because this kind of forced me to watch the series sooner. If not, I probably would (laughs) have probably would have taken my time watching it in a very, very slow way. Well, on that note, I feel like we should jump in. This week, we are covering the current episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, which goes up to episode 20 at this moment. Warning, we will be talking about spoilerly stuff, you know, the usual on this podcast. If you haven't watched the show yet, you can catch these episodes on Hulu. So drink up and let's get started. Yu-Gi-Oh! 7 is about a kid named Yuga, and he's unlocked a way to play his version of Duel Monsters, which is called Rush Duels. And to be able to become the king of duels, he must get everyone, I believe, to play Rush Duels. Him and his friends have to outwit the Goha company to accomplish this yeah. goal. I feel like I said no, that. No, it's name. Goha. It's it's weird. Like they, I mean, I don't know about weird, but they, you know, they pretty much control everything in the city. They have their own elementary schools, uh, which is something you find out in the series. Different elementary schools for that matter. There's not just one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. Goha is kind of in control of everything in this setting. 
So I'm not a big Yu-Gi-Oh expert. I've like I've admitted, like I've only seen the original series and GX. These kids in this one, our main character group of friends, they're elementary school students. Is this the youngest we've had in the Yu-Gi-Oh series? I know you watched, I believe, yes, all of them. Yes, right? they are definitely the youngest. Uh, I think that's why, in all honesty, you know, before watching the series, I, I heard a lot about the series, and I know it. It wasn't a huge favorite for a lot of people. And after looking at, like, trying to do my own little research and find out why, like on Twitter, like it's just. I think it's the age group. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, some of the commentary or the, the comedy that's behind it. Um, but I think once you give it a chance, it's actually really funny. This group of characters, being elementary school or not, they're they're pretty good. You know, like most series, you can definitely see them older than their age at certain points of time, but you can definitely see them there that elementary age too. I do feel like there are moments where you're like, oh, this is very... Well, it, it's definitely geared for a younger age audience. But once you kind of get past all the little funny jokes and stuff, which I enjoy, I'm just immature like that, I guess. But there's really good story Oh, I'm the it, same I way. I, you know, it, it's... When I'm watching it with just myself, like I can handle the the comedy a lot easier when I have my husband watching it. <laughs> I, I feel like he he's kind of judging it a little bit. So I, I kind of just deal with it at that point. <laughs> but I, I guess I'm a little ashamed to say that I like the comedy too, but it's it's fine. It, it gets by. The comic relief is in one of our characters. And at the same time, that character is also a pretty good duelist. So you kind of just have to roll with it. Yeah, I think the best way is to just like jump into our our main cast of characters, and I think you know the obvious person to start off with is Yugo. It's yes, Yugo, right? Yugoda. I, I every time I see his name, I'm like, how do I say? It? Even right before we recorded, I like YouTubed it to try to <laughs> figure it out. I have a. It is known that I will say a name wrong on this podcast for the longest time. So Yuga, he's our main character. What are your thoughts? Uh, about I him? actually really enjoy him. For him being a main character, he is kind of a. He reminds me a little like a reminiscent of a younger Yugi Moto, who is the original main, the original protagonist of the entire series, uh, the entire franchise. He's the original king of games, and Yugi Moto was very like. He was the main character, and while his character development wasn't always straightforward, like some stories and animes all have, it's his side character that was the one that needed to grow more. But Yuga and Yugi have like this, like they're the wise kind of characters. Like they they love fun. They have an inner child in them that loves to have a lot of fun and play games and uh, share those games with the world, basically. And I, I think what this series did a very good job on was taking old series and kind of mixing, like sprinkling a little bit on top of this series to make it its own original story. And that's one of the things that I love about Yuga is he he's like Yugi in his own way, but, you know, like 10 years younger. Yuga is... I gravitated towards him immediately. I love his energy. I mean, he's oozing main character energy everywhere. You could like sense, see it in the air. That's how strong his main character oh, energy yeah. is. He, and it's funny because his hair isn't as crazy as the other protagonists of the series hair is, but he still has that, you know, main character anime hair for sure. I also love his personality, like just that 
He doesn't care about becoming king of duels. He just wants everyone to have a good time playing Rush yes. Duel. Like he literally created this game to make it more fun for kids to play without duels dragging on, and um, you know, basically trying to, I, I guess, in you know, in their world, trying to stick it to the man in their world. They they wanted to create. He wanted to create something that's fun for everyone, but it also doesn't take up too much time. And the whole point in the first like ten to fifteen episodes is getting the word out there about rush duels you know when he hacked the system duels turned into rush duels and so now everybody's aware of them but the word's getting out there that he's the one that created it and you know there's the whole who's the next king of duels they're basically trying to tell him that he's he's going to be that next king of duels but he doesn't even care if it's his or not he just wants people to have fun i mean he wants everyone to play rush duel but he wants everyone to just have fun we're going to talk about this later but he encounters other people who have versions of their of dual monsters that they want to play and he's not like no you can't we can't play your version we got to get rush duels off he's like there's room for everyone's version we can all be playing all different kinds of dual monsters same i love that. that's i really like you said i really gravitate towards yuga as a character uh he, he seems to find out like find out whatever moral the story is in every episode for whatever character they're working with from the very beginning he's just trying to get them to realize that and so like it's actually kind of funny you know we're my husband and i are in the middle of watching avatar for like the upteenth time and he reminds me of an ang where like you know he he's almost like a, a a little monk where he already knows the answer but he's trying to get everybody else to get to the answer too in the kindest way yeah i i great character it's super likable from the get-go i know this i'm gonna jump off from our character saying because we're talking about him as a person david who plays Yu-Gi-Oh, because you kicked my butt a billion times in Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> the card game i'm super novice you are like the mr miyagi of dual monsters what do you think about rush duel as like a so i think game? their concept of rush duel and for konami actually came from their video game with uh dual links on the phone uh it's almost essentially the same thing is i mean as far as the field goes obviously the concept of um you, you get to summon as many monsters as you want in your turn over and over and over again um all the normal summons you want i think it's interesting because it makes the game go by so much quicker in your turns in retrospect you know from a competitive mindset like yeah we already kind of have that now with the regular <laughs> dual monsters at least this day and age with all the different kind of cards and hand traps and everything we have but with the way they go about it in this show, I, I'm interested to see if they're actually going to bring it to the U.S. I'm really hoping they do. They ended up bringing over, they called Speed Duels, which were somewhat similar, but I, I personally couldn't get into Speed Duels. The Rush Duels, like I said, the dynamic, everything else, I like a lot. Um, speed Duels were the ones that kind of mirror Duel Links as far as utilizing the exact same kind of cards and the exact same kind of rules. But... Rush duels it, it it gives you a whole new sense of a new a whole new sense of way to play basically and I absolutely love it for that reason it's it's fresh um it's not the original you know I will say I still will always be a fan of the original but I like the way they went with the with the way to play the game I will say I will be visiting you 
in a very soon. I do think we should try to do. A we Rush could Duel. definitely try it. Um, I know. I wish. Uh, I wish we could get a hold of some of the cards over in Japan because we know most of their names, and even if we didn't, we at least know that most of those cards are normal cards. <laughs> um, but the the cards themselves are very interesting. Uh, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll, I have it down a little bit further. Um, for today's episode, but you know, I I love the that they brought in new monsters, but they also brought in old monsters too for a little bit of nostalgia, which was really nice. I will say my favorite part about watching Yu-Gi-Oh shows is that we'll get a character. Our main characters will go up against a new duelist or some kind of protagonist coming out. And that person is always themed somehow. And their deck is super themed to them. They're basically like gym leaders in Pokemon. Like they're they know their what their gimmick is, and their whole thing is that gimmick. And this season, this series does not let me down on that. We get some great super themed decks, and I can't wait to make them. I wish they were all real. I know the one that I really love isn't real because I Googled it afterwards. I, I do know, like I said, some of them are real. Um, they came out in their own Rush Duel packs uh, over in Japan. We just don't have Rush Duel cards here yet. I, I'm pretty sure I saw an announcement that we're getting them, but do not quote me on that whatsoever. But I totally agree. I, you know, there are some awesome cards in this series. Some of the most hilarious themes <laughs> uh but once Yu-Gi-Oh, i would say Yu-Gi-Oh gx came out is when you really started to see like diehard fandom themed decks like you know you you stereotyped you know you have a cook and his entire life is around cooking and he's gonna have a some some sort of cooking themed deck um in the past all of the other series you have duelists there's like a a motorcyclist who's going to have a motorcycle deck or some guy who's heavy into dinosaurs and he's going to have a dinosaur deck and it's it's a very nice like you said it's similar to pokemon for sure um they there's a lot of stereotypes but i feel like in a positive manner because it brings out like true fandoms and i think that's really nice it includes everybody who likes something oh yeah i mean I definitely gravitate towards a theme deck. I mean, you've seen what I've, I always try to make and I'm like super into one thing and I'm like, everything must revolve around this yeah. one thing. I'm loving it. I think maybe we should move on to our next character. Um, the next one I want to talk about is Gavin. So that's Yuga's friend. Also the class president of this elementary school. And I mean, he basically does everything for this yeah, school. Yeah, definitely like everything. Everybody's always asking him for stuff. He's always like filling in for sports. He's trying to help finish people's homework. Like it's insane what this guy does. And he has his two, uh, I don't want to say bodyguards, two like secretaries. I can't even remember their names right now, but they follow him everywhere and they do everything they possibly can to help him out as class president. I feel like he he had a major like shift in the middle, not even the middle, like the beginning of this series. Yeah, so he started out as like, you know, the, the stiff character who didn't want to break any of the rules or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, be, uh, through the episodes became a, a supportive follower of Yuga and the the dynamic of what they're trying to go for and in, in regards to creating rush duels. Um, I'll admit he's probably my least favorite of the main characters. I don't mind him his deck's all right you know he has like some sort of yami deck i think it's 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 a it's an okay deck uh i will say i love his he has like some sort of ancient turtle monster and i think that card is really cool um but other than that like i'd really i don't know i guess i just don't have too much to say about gavin i can see why a lot of people would like him um he brings in like minor comic relief but nothing that's too out there as far as the rest of our characters go i do think the next one i have on the list is like our comic relief of the show but one thing i want to talk about gavin 
and just he's like the best friend i want you know like he's like got your back no matter what i i always think about that first episode when you guys trying to hack the dual disc system mm-hmm. and it's like this robot's like everyone's gonna get a penalty and like and it says like six minutes or six minutes 66 seconds and like six milliseconds i thought what a weird time oh yeah that's for like, uh what is it goha is all about the number six and i'm not sure what that has to do with anything yet but i do know that it's all about sixes but then you have you know the theme of sevens like the rush duel is all about your dual disc turning into a seven um yuga's signature monster um which we'll get to later uh but yeah it's it's interesting i'm not sure what is up with all of the sixes yet but that scene instead of kind of running away he finds a way to help yuga do this by basically exercising on a bike to power yep. it up i feel like he's reluctant at times but he's like i'm always gonna have your back no matter what's going down i can see that um he's you know he definitely is a supportive character um and he'll always be there especially after his um duel with yuga and i don't know what episode that was maybe three or four um he definitely has yuga's back that's a really great friendship those oh have. yeah I, I think this group is really good just in friendship overall. Like, I definitely think they have an awesome dynamic. It makes me wonder if Yuga, like, truly had any friends before he invented Rush Duels. Because when we see him in the beginning, I mean, he's a little inventor. He loves to create things. And you don't see any other friends for Yuga until he creates Rush Duels and all this whole group gets you know trapped for this the first ever rush duel i do wonder i feel like gavin and yuga were friends because gavin's went after him i feel like why would he go after him that's possible you are right you're right i don't know may maybe it deserves another rewatch to to pick up on some things <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be opposed to watching it but i feel like this is a more casual rewatch oh yeah next one just like have it on uh our next character i'm probably gonna say his name wrong lucidin callister aka luke is that correct lucidian lucidian yeah. uh see that's why you're on <laughs> that's why i bring a Yu-Gi-Oh expert to the Yu-Gi-Oh season no no it's all right yeah lucidian callister but uh in the most of the series his name is luke is what everybody goes by. Um, he is the character that wants to be the duel king. You know, he wants to be the winner. Um, he he's he's the peacock of the series. <laughs> he really wants to um, show his worth. And the first time you ever actually see him duel is up against Yuga, and actually ends up winning. Uh, he has an awesome dragon deck. Um, he's he is the comic relief of the series. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mirroring going on with uh, him and Joey Wheeler from the original series. If anybody's seen that between the comic relief, him and Yuga's uh, dynamic and relationship. But it's interesting because you're also seeing it in the duels as well. The one episode that I'm remembering in particular was the horror episode where Luke goes and duels Tombs, who's like a zombie duelist. And that's exactly what Joey does in the original series. He goes up against a, a zombie duelist named bones and it's i don't know it's it's interesting to kind of correlate the two of them but at the same time luke is his his own he's his own character and so far i'm loving him he is he is that um pretty funny comic relief but definitely in a good way oh i love him he's probably my favorite character i'm we both have affinity for delicious foods 
His favorite food is curry. Curry is not my favorite food, but you know, I love a, a guy who can be persuaded by a dessert, and Luke is that person. We definitely have a kinship there. Yeah, that's that's definitely him. He's he's all about that food, and that's something that his relationship grows further with with our next character as well. And our next character is Roman Cassidy, accomplished lead guitarist for the band Ro Roman. What do you think? I, I like her. Um, she's interesting. She's definitely, she plays a more important, like, uh, feminine duelist role role than other past series um you know like in the original series we had Taya who dueled maybe twice in the entire series and was not good at it whatsoever um but Roman Cassidy she she seems like she's new at dueling but at the same time when she duels she does such a good job uh I love watching her duel I love her character she's like the the smarty pants character whenever uh Luke is being silly you do come to find out that she was actually spying on Yuga and the group for half of the episodes that we've had so far. Which is interesting because Luke thinks she's a spy to begin with. Yep. And Yuga even admits to knowing about it from the very beginning, but he didn't care. Like, again, another another awesome uh, moment with Yuga himself, too, is that he just he knew about it, but like they were friends. So it's very interesting to see that. I know Roman is she was being blackmailed is what it was. And so that's why she was there to spy. But at the same time, she loved the group. And so half the season, yeah, she's half of the season. She's spying on the group. But then the other half of the season, she's trying to win the group back over with her loyalty, more specifically Luke, because Luke, you know, since he didn't trust her from the very beginning, you know, he feels completely betrayed. And so he's doing everything he can to stay mad at her and bring it up over and over again. But Roman's doing everything she can to, you know, ask for forgiveness. And that includes, like you mentioned before, uh, cooking his favorite food, curry. I mean, she makes some amazing blue curry. I'm I'm very tempted to be like, to try to recreate Yeah, I'm that. not going to lie. I want to try it. <laughs> and I'm not even a curry fan either. And these four are kind of our four. Well, I mean, would you say there's four or five people? Because we got a next character. Is that part of our main core group? Would you consider uh, that character? You know what? I think the next two kind of are. The next two of them. And we can go in a little bit more detail going forward as to why. Okay. Uh, but I was going to say, oh, to, going back up to Roman and Yuga. I feel like Yuga knows a lot about like these characters before. Like We're getting some sneaky characters coming in with plants and like motives. And Yuga seems to like already suss this out on his own. But he doesn't care because I feel like he sees the true nature of people or the true heart of who people yes. are. I, if I recall, there's only one time of the entire series so far where he's actually surprised. <laughs> and that was only one time. But and I, I see that exact same thing you're seeing where he again, he's he's sneaky himself. He, he knows what's going on with these characters, but he just lets it roll. He just lets it play out anyway. The next one I want to talk about is OK, again. I want to say Keizo, but it might be Kaizo. Yes. Kaizo is a robot that Yuga has reprogrammed to basically be its own being. Yep. Talk about AI, basically. Like, it, robots have feelings. That's exactly what Kaizo is. Uh, so much so that he's actually in love with Roman. He's a fan of her band. Hardcore. Even before, like, because the first time they meet, he asks for an autograph and a picture. Yep. I find him funny. He's great. I love the little, like, 
you know, romance with Roman or crush he has with Roman on. And I definitely enjoy when Yuga's always changing his form to kind of suit what they need for the episode. Yep. Throughout the entire series, it's like that. And it, every time I thought of Kaizo, it actually, he kind of reminds me of Rotom uh, from the Pokemon Sun and Moon series, uh, the Rotom decks. Um where he's he's a second bit of comedy relief um just always that side character you know being really goofy that's kind of how i see kaizo especially when it comes to always supporting roman and he doesn't even let anybody say anything slightly mean or even kidding like to about roman with the whole betrayal between luke and roman it's really funny because he's like supporting her the entire time trying to also get luke to <laughs> let it go and it, it doesn't seem to work out yet i think the next one is one that i didn't i was on the border of putting this person on the list but i ended up doing it and that's mimi i'm glad you put it on the list mimi's great after watching the last episode 20 i'm like mimi's definitely had from when you first meet her to this end of this run has like the growth i yes. feel like and it's funny okay so mimi looks and sounds like a little girl she is secretly part of the goha i don't even remember what they're called it's the goha group the uh hexagon is that right yes she's number six in the the hexagon and so she is the littlest uh she sounds just like a little kid she even enrolls in the school as a brand new student but she's actually 37 years old and she's a mother to another duelist we get to we meet at some point in the series who isn't as main of a character but mimi throughout the entire series is popping up here and there to get information um on rush duels so they can completely shut it down but throughout the series she's actually joining the group here and there in minor spots and actually realizes that she's part of their group now that was a great episode which one the one where she she finally realizes she's a part of the yes group. and i love her son too her son is awesome uh, i love her son as a son i think his name's yashi um i love her son uh he's coming back he's coming back for the second oh time. yeah for sure like how can he not be a part of the group? Now? I love him as a kid. I like he he turns into this giant like biker looking dude. I'm, I'm on. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, the voice and everything reminds me a lot of the um, the voices from Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel. Uh, a little too animated for me personally, but I do like that episode personally. That last one was one of my favorites uh, because it was a learning lesson for him, Yashi, but also a learning lesson for Mimi when she realizes that she's part of that group. And I just find it so funny that a 37-year-old mother is best friends with you know, four elementary kids, <laughs> but she's a lot of fun. And I, I think that's another part of the, the comic relief throughout the series is just her being this, you know, being this goofy little tail behind, but she, she's actually an older woman. Yes. And I, I love the scene when she's kind of staring out in her apartment out into the skyline, thinking about how she can, she needs to rise up. She's on a, she's on a step stool. <laughs> Mimi, what are you doing? Yeah. I love that scene just because I, I remember specifically that scene. She's on a step stool looking out. She can't look out because she's so small. Oh, it was so funny. I don't know if you caught that or not. I just thought it was hilarious. This always happens where I'm always missing these small things. And I, I do I do go back. When I say 
I'm going to go back and look for these things. Listeners, I do go back and look for them, and I enjoy them in my own time. So I will go back and look for this, and I will enjoy it. It's a it. small random thing, but I tell you what, it just makes it all the funnier. That's kind of wraps up our characters. Now I want to talk about our favorite moments slash duels. I guess for me, I broke it down to my, my favorite episodes. It's kind of what I broke it down to. So what was one of your favorite episodes or moments i'll start off first with uh episode nine and that is the um it's a jurassic duel yuga and the gang are trying to find some mysterious monster that they're naming gossy it's supposedly a dinosaur and then they meet this other group of kids who are prehistoric and jurassic obsessed basically uh the leader of that group's name is professor diggs he has like this awesome like prehistoric crustaceans then evolving into dinosaurs kind of deck. Um, it's I found it to be a lot of fun. I've always been a big fan of dinosaurs as kids and an even bigger fan whenever they can bring dinosaurs into the Yu-Gi-Oh franchise. They did it in the OG series with Rex Raptor. They did it again in GX with Tyranno Hasselberry. Uh, I was so happy to see more dinosaurs come back in this series. He brings even a few old favorites such as Little D and then Mega Zowler, which was an OG card back in the day. But with the new these new dino or excuse me, with these new cards, they're no longer the original artwork. They're like revamped artwork, but they still look so good. Honestly, they look better than, than even half of the uh cards we have today that you can go out and buy. And so Mega Zowler's artwork was completely redone and it looks great. But then he summons his uh his big bad ace, which is Super King Rex. I think this card looks awesome. It's definitely a big old dinosaur. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a lot of fun with this duel and this is one of those duels where the duelist is they, they feel separated from whatever their theme is but then Yuga during the duel you know gets them to the point where he's like no you do love dinosaurs because you're literally dueling with dinosaurs like it's all around you how would why would you say you're separate or you know not into this kind of stuff and turns out professor Diggs is and he loves it after i saw this episode i was like david's gonna love this episode as soon as i knew it was dinosaur themed i was like david's gonna like this episode this also has one of my favorite just laugh out loud moments i laugh out loud a lot guys but there's a, it's in the beginning of this episode where luke says he has to go to the restroom so he goes to the restroom and then our dinosaur people are actually using yuga and the friends to go help find this thing so that they can profit off of it yeah but they talk about their plan in the restroom and they're like where's the other guy and he's like i'm in the stall behind you and i i couldn't stop laughing it was just those moments get me yeah no it was definitely like a real a real life kind of thing <laughs> where you're trying to be secretive and you completely forget that a character also went to the restroom and they're just hiding in the stall i honestly i laughed he announced it he announced it super loud like i'm going to the restroom guys oh yeah i mean it was a full-on he had the full-on uh potty run and everything <laughs> it's really funny all right so what would be your uh one of your favorite episodes okay i think my favorite episode in this whole 20 episodes is episode six and it's called rushing for ramen and the episode's about this restaurant called ramen hut which is closing and how everyone loves this ramen place which is weird because why is it closing if everyone loves it so much but what what's happened is another restaurant is open called gastrobite and they use computers and ai technology to create the perfect dish for you which actually doesn't sound too bad i would eat there all the time that would be the go-to restaurant if anyone's like where you want to if you're deemed desirable because <laughs> our group does go to spy on that restaurant is it because they were like not good looking that they didn't get in or is it because they were spies? Uh, 
that's I'm pretty sure it just straight up said because you're undesirable. They gave re- the robot gave reasons as to why they look undesirable, but I feel like with him using that term specifically, like I think that has a lot to do with whether or not if you get in. Regardless, we never get to see the food. Like we never get to really see it inside gastrobites. But one of my favorite things is I love zombies as well. I he's not a true zombie, but the ramen owner was zombie like. The whole episode. Oh yeah, his eyes were getting all like crazy looking and he was running around repeating stuff. It was great. Another moment that I just loved in this episode was um, Yuga's like, how much time do we have to save this restaurant? And it's calculating. Was it Kaizo? Is only yeah. is like, you only have five hours to save this restaurant. I'm like, what? Luckily he said that to a main character and we knew everything was going to be fine. But five hours and they spent most of that time trying to go to the other restaurant yeah i'm not even sure where that time came from it's yeah i know kaizo thought of it but i just it didn't quite make sense to me like if it if the place just opened up that day or that week how is it all of a sudden you're gonna go out of business but i mean you know there there were a lot of funny moments like that in this entire series this duel there is a duel in this episode guys and it's with his oh i forgot his name but it's like a ninja a noodle ninja basically and his deck is like a ramen deck. Yes. And it makes me it like, I love a food themed deck and I love ramen. This deck made me so happy <laughs> and I Googled it and I don't think these cards are real. They're not, at least, you know, not in TCG. The once, if Rush Duels ever comes out in the US, these monsters, I imagine, will come out. Um, I've looked at some other monsters from later in the series. I haven't seen the series itself, but I do know of other monsters that come out that I really do like. I just loved all the... Because they were all noodle-themed monsters. And then his, like, trap cards and spell cards were, like, the sauce card and stuff like that. Like, they were ramen-themed. His deck was just ramen-themed cards. And it it brought me so much joy. They were a lot of fun. I liked them a lot. And this is another moment, because he's actually at the ramen place to challenge Yuga so that he can learn how to program his own version of Duel Monsters in, which is a ramen way of playing. I don't think they actually went into how we play ramen version of Duel Monsters, but I want to play ramen version of Duel Monsters. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they did. They went into a... uh, After the duel, I remember they went down to like where the first episode was at, how they initially programmed rush duels into the um into the duel disc and so you actually start to see that throughout the series that yuga does that with all of these other duelists that he's uh making friends with unfortunately but when they go down there for this time that everything is gone i think this is their first time back there though because they seem shocked that it's right it was their first time back um but then i think they go back again with another character if i'm not mistaken yes they go back after uh that three episode duel no was it no before the three episode duel like set right with roman's uh cousin. yes regardless i that was one of the episodes i found you know fun kind of more funny than you know funnier than fun in my opinion but it was still it was still a good good series or a good episode yeah, i always feel like i don't know why but i always gravitate to a filler episode i mean this is pretty much a filler episode other than like them finding that it the the thing is missing down there Pretty much you can just like not have this one and be fine. Right. And it made me want ramen. Like I want, I still want ramen. <laughs> uh, 
and that's you know you you say that though like you know all these uh, the specific episodes in this series could be missed at the same time all of these random characters that you don't think are going to be important have like during that you know the three episode dual sequence that you mentioned with roman's cousin all of these little characters that you didn't think would be coming back actually all came back to help yuga i mean i didn't put it on my list i don't think you put it on yours i didn't the three-part i didn't but the very end of it uh where yuga is dueling ronan roman's cousin ro or was it roja roja yeah dueling him all of these characters are coming back to try to help with a specific card ruling which is actually something that i quite enjoyed just because that's you know card rulings like this have never like they never dove deep into card rulings before in the series. Like I know the original series had a card uh, that was illegal, but that wasn't even a thing until the very end of the series in season five. I mean, the first season, the first series, they're making their own. Oh, they were. Let's be real here. They go. <laughs> uh, but it's it was just interesting that all of a sudden, you know, the the system was playing a card that they thought was illegal, the Seven's Road Magician, which is Yuga's ace monster. But it, you know, it turns out that all of his friends were helping him and found out that 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 monster is actually a legit card. So all these characters, they're all running around everywhere, doing research, asking people, including this ramen ninja duelist, and they he ends up helping them. What other episodes you got on your yeah, list? Uh, one of my other favorite episodes. Yeah, which it would be episode 20. What it, The episode's called What It Means to Be a Hero. And the original plot was, I think his name's Yashi, um, Mimi's son, who has to do the school essay. And she finds out that he has to do a school essay on what it means to be a hero, who his hero is. And, you know, he doesn't know who to, who to write about or anything like that. Um, well, the villain Nail somehow captures again, like the, the group. It's, it's, this is one of those really funny things that the series is doing is Nail is somehow able to just create giant holes anywhere he wants in the city and they just fall down into his little domain uh i find it funny just because on a previous episode ronan's roman's cousin is dueling their drummer and all of a sudden he cares about him but then he doesn't care about the drummer and the drummer then just falls we don't know where he went but then they leave the domain like everything's okay like hey i have a good friend talking about the drummer but they don't know where the drummer went is it's really funny anyway the the gang ends up back into nail's domain where they have to duel yet another duelist um and so they go and they duel mimi but mimi is hiding as number six from the goha hexagon because she wants to do what she can to duel um yuga again because she realizes that her loyalty is kind of waving on both sides but it turns out that yashi her son shows up out of nowhere and also wants to duel so now it's mimi versus her son yashi you come to realize that you know yashi yashi's hero is his mom which is who he's dueling but he doesn't know it um yuga naturally does know it he does he already knew right away that he was that mimi was the one dueling yashi at the end of the duel yashi does end up winning and defeating mimi but then he passes out out of exhaustion mimi's uh hexagon mask ends up breaking and then they've you know oh no it's like a scooby-doo like oh it was you so it was mimi and then she you know unveils that she was actually yashi's mother and what i liked about this moment is she realizes that she's part of their group, which is also detrimental to this whole story again, the plot against Nail, 
because if you're part of Yuga's group and you lose, you get a penalty. So again, you only have six penalties before you're completely banned. And because Mimi basically realizes that she's part of the group and Nail does his calculations and also says you were part of the group. So technically you lost and everybody gets a penalty. And like you mentioned, literally every duelist that has been seen up to this point has received a penalty for Mimi losing. So no matter whether it was Yashi or Mimi dueling or whoever would have won was going to lose. They were all going to lose a penalty either way. And I, I liked the moral of the story of this particular episode more than anything. And with it being the last episode that's been aired so far, it, it took a turn to like, oh, this is serious now. We've all lost a penalty. Uh-oh. And then from there, this is where things are going to get a whole lot deeper. I'm sure we're going to get a whole lot more, a lot more characters um, with Nail unveiling a new duelist like every day. First, we had Kit Schrodinger, which we're going to, I I see that you have him on your favorite episode, which is actually one of mine. I just didn't want to steal your thunder with that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like the episode. I love Kit Schrodinger like i want to cosplay that <laughs> but i mean we'll talk about that in a minute yeah but so I, I imagine the next few episodes are going to be more of Nail's henchmen uh, dueling uh, the group. I really think this was a great way to end this kind of first part or however they're breaking it down. Because I, I don't know. I think it's one whole season. It's a super long season, like a super long anime yeah, season. Yeah, usually there's, I think, 50 episodes in a season. Yeah, I believe so. So I do think the way they ended this run was so great. It's such a cliffhanger. It's such a cliffhanger thing without being a cliffhanger like there's no we stopped in the middle of a duel it's just everyone got a penalty but when you see it go to like the dinosaur guys and the ramen ninja like all these people getting penalties gavin's like the vice president like gavin's people yep getting penalties it's like wow it got like it just just got real well and it makes you want to go back and rewatch it because i know like this entire episode and i didn't even realize it though either until i finished that episode like oh i thought these were all original just you know just side characters that showed up like how a lot of other previous Yu-Gi-Oh series is done. Like this is, has its own formula almost that you have all these characters that have now joined Yuga, the protagonist. And even though they, you know, whether their decks were silly or the character was silly or what have you, they're all actually going to play a big role in this story. And so now it's, it's a cliffhanger as, uh Oh, we know what's to come. Are these duelists going to make it? Are they not going to make it? Like what's, what's going on? I really like it. It definitely was that hook that, I didn't really need a hook to keep me going because I've been enjoying this so far. But it was that like, ooh, I can't wait to what happens episode 21. Yes, I agree completely. And, you know, I've mentioned it before, this series has a lot of a lot of silly moments in it. And it's it's very lighthearted. But at the same time, it's so much fun. I've had a lot of fun watching these series, watching this series. Uh, these episodes, they're unique, goofy, but also very, you know, some of them are very warm hearted. And it, it makes you like these characters all the more. But what yeah. uh, other episode did you like? The other episode that i really enjoyed was episode 15 deep sea duel i just love saying skipjack i just like saying his <laughs> name i think it's a great name you know if i had a son skipjack is probably up there on my list of names to name him right <laughs> Plus, it was a water duel, which is always fun. Uh, and they went underwater, or I mean, I'm air quoting it underwater, but the field turned into underwater, yes. which I, which is great. I love a field change, like the terrain change is awesome. But I think the main reason this got on my list, well, Skipjack, but also the Hydro Cannon Big Blue Bro, Fit. That card was awesome looking. 
I I actually had to Wikipedia it just so I could actually look at the card and the artwork. I thought it was such a fantastic looking card. I love the scene. Creatures are great. I don't love them as much as you love them. I know you love them a lot. This one, though, was amazing. Yeah, the cards were cool. The, yeah, like you said, Skipjack was fun. He, he was... It's really funny how all of these kids, like, have this much authority <laughs> in this story because he's like basically like being the captain for this entire elementary school ship uh which was also yeah people report yes. to him for ship emergencies i'm not sure why but i i think it's all the funnier it the duel itself kind of reminded me of for uh those for the audience who's seen Yu-Gi-Oh gx there's one very random duel where the main character Jaden duels a and he duels an admiral in a submarine and he it's hilarious i love the duel so much water decks are so much fun i love water monsters this one was great <laughs> this one was just so much fun like you said skipjack is uh he's a character i hope we get to see more often oh, oh i hope we do too i don't think we saw him in that little rundown of people losing penalties i might have to go back and double check that yeah i don't even remember to be honest i know it went through a whole collage of all of them with their penalties but uh i don't know yeah i would all have to go back and look as well but i definitely want to see more of him he's he's pretty fun my other favorite part of this episode is Yuga not using Seven Roads Magician and instead using Lightning Volt Condor as kind of his go-to card. Which I'm glad they finally gave him another Ace Monster to use. One thing that I think a lot of the newer series, not just Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s, but a lot of other newer Yu-Gi-Oh! series is, is they make the protagonist use their one Ace Monster over and over and over again. And quite honestly, it gets a little old. Um... Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s was starting to do that, but then they finally introduced the Lightning Volcondor, but then they also introduced his, uh, I forget what duel it was, now that I'm thinking about it, but they introduced him, introduced his uh, Brave of Dawn lit across like that. It's a really beautiful Shining Knight. Do you remember that one? Yes, I don't remember what episode that was. I feel like it was against Roman's cousin. Oh, it's because of the whole situation I have with Yes, with Seventh Road's Magician, that's right. Like, yeah, that's why. I'm glad they're finally having him introduce other ace monsters like um that was one thing that i liked about yugi moto and jaden yuki like jaden yuki yeah he replayed a lot of his same monsters but like when it came to his aces like he he had a whole assortment of fusion monsters to use and they were all his ace monsters um i enjoyed that and so finally seeing yuga play with more of these monsters and lightning volcondor is just such a cool looking card i'm glad you actually put that here because it's, it's so pretty looking yes i first of all like big blue fin lightning volcondor like those are just two gorgeous monsters out on the field that i was like i love this episode i love that he uses lightning bolt condor just for the fact that we're kind of running off of the whole seven roads magician scandal-y thing i mean it works out in his favor at the end of it but for him not to use it here and he's talking about like i was trying to figure out or i was working on my deck because this is a little of a flashback episode yes He's retelling the story in the beginning. And I feel like this is kind of like real life. You know, he had a moment with Seven Roads Magician. I feel like it shook him. And now he's like, I'm going to try this other card out. Or Lightning Volt Condor is going to like get the spotlight now. Yep. And that, it felt great. Like, it felt like real life. You know, if you're really playing with a deck and you run into a problem with your ace monster, you're going to figure out a way to like, how do I restructure? How do I like 
move on from this moment. This felt like real to me. Yes. Like, and that's something that, you know, outside of, you know, when it comes to real competitive players, competitive players typically will change decks seasonally just because, you know, a lot of their other decks um, will have specific cards that become banned or, you know, whatever. But in every series of Yu-Gi-Oh, they always, there's always a moment where the duelist, the main character is like not necessarily changing up their entire deck, but changing cards in their deck just to revamp it or to, you know, they realize their strategies or everybody knows their strategies or, you know, again, whatever, but it's, they, they build it for what they want it to be. And I think Yuga did a good job with that, knowing that he can't just rely on that one ace monster every single duel. Um, and he had two other aces that he introduced in this so far that I thought were great additions to his deck. I'm not a competitive Yu-Gi-Oh card player. I used to be a competitive Pokemon TCGer, and I know definitely after every tournament I would make small tweaks to my deck to keep refining it. So to see to see our main characters kind of switch up his deck a little bit, it was very it, it just felt more real to me. I completely agree. I liked it a lot. Well, I think we can go on and continue with our. I I know this one. I I see on your notes here. It's the uh, other the other one that i wanted to talk about as well uh episode 17 it's about kit schrodinger um the first of many henchmen to nail but so far the most comical <laughs> uh kit schrodinger has a cat deck very different from the cat deck those other you know the my the older Yu-Gi-Oh fans might be used to um seeing with zexel um there there's a cat duelist in there i won't go too much into it without spoilers but kit schrodinger's deck i absolutely love it takes old monsters and basically made cat versions of them so it's like literally every fan artist's dream like when you think of like cosplayers or something like that like they will turn oh gosh now i can't even think like there, i know there's a pokemon artist that does you know takes the original the base evolution of a pokemon and then has them dress up or cosplay as their final evolution and so it's that's what it reminds me of and i absolutely love it the three monsters that kit schrodinger uses are red eyes black cat blue eyes black cat and then his ace monster so far that we've seen is odd eyes um i don't even remember what the full name of it is it's an odd eyes cat from odd eyes pendulum dragon from the arc 5 series uh, i love these monsters <laughs> these are cards i wish were real so bad i love it too it's definitely if you've ever been to like a convention like you were saying and you walk down like artist alley and you see the boots you always see that one person who's like i love cats and now here's a doctor who cat and here's all the avengers as cats this was that moment and i love it i want this deck to be real i want all these decks to be real i buy them all uh who makes this bandai is bandai make you -Oh? konami konami if you make these i will buy them like you can have my money make them please. i second that <laughs> they they were so much fun in all honesty i really want you you mentioned it now now i really want you to cosplay as kit schrodinger at our next comic-con together i will enjoy it so i much. will but <laughs> you and you and your husband have to be the cats <laughs> red eyes and blue eyes cats oh my god that would be so much fun <laughs> We just got to get him to actually join in on that. I, I, uh, he's all for, you know, whatever, but I, I don't know if he's going to be willing to dress up as a, a cat cosplaying as a Yu-Gi-Oh card. You know what my real dream is to do? Grandpa Moto trapped in the card. Yes. That's my dream cosplay. I really think we but all three I, need to do that. I could be, one of us could be Kaiba, the other one could be Mokuba, and you could be Grandpa. That'd be so much fun. Just trapped in yeah, the cards. Yeah, just trapped in the cards. That'd be a blast. I also want to do, I know this is off subject, but uh, what is his name? 
Weevil. Yes. I just want to be Weevil and I want to throw Exodia cards at people. <laughs> just start throwing them everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to Exodia. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm just saying, I mean, eventually I'm going to have you on to do that season, that series. Oh, please. You know, the original yeah. One. But we don't get villains that evil. We really don't. That is really evil what he did. Oh, gosh. It made it so much more fun, though. And Oh, man. He was so dramatic. That is me, you know. <laughs> it's just funny because he was so worried that, you know, because Yugi drew Exodia one time out of his entire career. And now all of a sudden he's so terrified of it. He had to throw like some of the most expensive cards into the ocean. That, but then, like, Seto Kaiba's ripping cards yep. here. Like, <laughs> people were destroying cards. I mean, we'll get to it eventually, but yeah. Yu Gi Oh! the first season. Oh, Yugi, is, man. It's a watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a watch. No wonder why Yugi cheats, though. <laughs> it's because everybody's yeah. like getting rid of his deck on they're so mean so he's like you know what fine i'm just gonna cheat my way through (laughs) i don't know is there any other moments or episodes you want to talk about before we move on i'm trying to think now there are a lot of just small things yeah i i know we're about to we're about to get into the monsters now a little bit and the i the one thing i will say is i cannot i guess i could say this for the monster talk itself but i cannot stand the hilarious chair monsters (laughs) I'm sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> I mean, that whole battle, that's with the massage yes, chair, right? that was so stupid. That whole battle was crazy. <laughs> I think that's episode 19. It's like yes. one of the it's one of nail's henchmen yes and it just it cracks me up because i thought we had a hilarious deck with uh yugioh zexel one of the villains uses utensils they're called malaseverus monsters and i thought those were hilarious but then this machine just comes up and uses a deck full of chairs and i cannot i could not have laughed harder and miguel my husband was actually watching that episode with me and he was just looking at me like what the heck is going on the seat what is name seat bastion seat seat bastion that's what it is he was so like ready to duel and he's like a an ai chair throne and i immediately looked at miguel and i said there's no way he's gonna have a chair deck right nope that is exactly what he had (laughs) a deck full of chairs i thought it was hilarious but i mean it's on brand yeah it is totally is but yeah moving on to our favorite uh monsters of the series so far what what kind of monsters are you you a big fan of i know we've talked about um the hydro cannon big blue fin and lightning volcondor two amazing monsters what else do you got i'm a fan of them like i just like anytime they add another magician to the set so seven road magician yes is a great one i i don't know the design is a little too toony for me sometimes but no i will agree with you on that um, I did not add Seven's Road Magician to my favorite list. I don't mind it. He's a perfectly fine monster. I just don't, I'm not a fan of him being Yuga's ace monster. Uh, like you said, I think his design is almost a little too toony, but he's definitely a cool card either way. Yeah, I do wish he had more of a cloak than kind of his outfit that he's wearing, but it's, I still enjoy it. I don't, I wish the female counterpart was also called a magician instead of a witch. Oh, really? Because we have Dark Magician Girl. Yeah. I felt like, I wish they were this, like, the counterparts well, to each other. I, 
I mean, they are. They are. I, I can see what you mean, though. Like, you just wanted her to be called a witch instead of a magician. I get that. She's, I like her artwork more, though, than Seven's Road Magician. I think Seven's Road Magician, I just can't, I don't like his face. I think is what it is. Uh, his design and attire is perfectly fine for me. I just, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't, wasn't a big fan of his face personally, but he is still, like I said, still an awesome monster. But I mean, speaking of Yuga's deck in general, I love Yuga's deck. His monsters to me are so cool. They're very, not entirely mirroring Yugi's deck, but like there are a lot of similarities between the two, but it's also original. Um, he has his dark and light sorcerer monsters. Those are, you know, really cool in my opinion. But some of his other monsters that you see not too often, or well, you see them often, but just because they're like his quick normal summons to get out his ace monsters, like Spell Archer, Hydro Magician, uh, the Magical Beast Wolfram, and then Stray Familiar, the other little cat of the series. I love those cards. I think they're they're great artwork. They actually look like monsters, which I think is something that the original, or not the original, but the uh, the current Yu-Gi-Oh franchise has been lacking. Um, I think they do a lot of a lot of humans these days or a lot of you know a lot of female looking monsters like human monsters rather than actual monsters like that's something i've missed over the past several years is the Yu-Gi-Oh monsters actually looking like monsters and yuga's deck is great i love it from beginning to end of it you know child winds or child of wind sick uh, i think he's popped up a couple of times he's like the spell archer as well so cool yuga's deck is all about the different elements that's what helps power up his sevens road magician but you get to see them all interact with each other in a very cool way i love those cards and i imagine one of your uh if i'm not mistaken one of your other favorite monsters is the uh one of the ramen monsters right oh of course mass fiery noodle ninja chili red (laughs) yes love it want it in life what like i i cannot imagine that they don't have like a Yu-Gi-Oh sevens ramen out there (laughs) with this character it's just First of all, I love the food, the food uh, monsters. I like themed things. It would have been cool if they were just giant noodles. I like that too. What you were saying, you know, I am burnt out on waifus. I know, I don't know if you didn't want to say it, but like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, all you card games, you can chill on the waifus. It's, you know, we, we, there's enough of them yeah. out there. I know well, they a lot of gays like your but... franchise too. Please, please help us out a little bit. <laughs> I want just monsters. Give me like crazy monsters, like Hydro Cannon, Big Bluefin. No, I'm the exact same way. That's what I loved about the original Yu-Gi-Oh series. I mean, even Yugi himself had like, what was it? Like Feral Imp. And, you know, he had a a horse knight, but like, or the Gaia the Fierce Knight, but you never actually saw Gaia's face for the most part. And it's still, you still got like that monster feeling, especially when he was fused into Gaia the Dragon Champion. Um, And then all of Joey's monsters, same thing. Like, obviously, yeah, you're going to have a lot of dragons in the series. And there was a a whole season of it dedicated two dragons but they were still monsters like they they were still ferocious and big beasts and you know not to go on a huge tangent but you know a lot of the monsters these days are all just they're they're humans they're like spellcaster like people or just magical people that the artwork will tell a story and don't get me wrong the artwork is amazing it just it, it doesn't feel like it's Yu-Gi-Oh monster, like dual monsters anymore. It's like just dual warriors almost. And it, it kind of bums me out. But Yu-Gi-Oh sevens really gives me that sort of hope because it brought a lot of these actual monsters back. And I love it so much. 
I want more monsters. I, we had some really cool big monsters in these 20 episodes. I'm excited to see what comes up like next. I know, me too. I'm so excited for it. Uh, speaking of themes, I'd, I will have to say one of my other favorite group of monsters were the seahorse carriers used in the very last episode by Mimi. I think she used two or three of them, but they were so colorful. They were cool. They were technically hippocampus um, mythological creatures, but they the theme itself was called, they were called the horse carriers and they were, they were just fun. They, they went with her deck very well. Her deck is almost like a, a superstar deck, um, not entirely similar to Romans, who's also like a, a diva kind of super superstar deck, but they were, they're different in their own way, but I definitely loved those monsters too. I, I want to see more of them in the future. I, I like the fun, colorful things. I like things that surprise me. So there was a lot of good... I would say I loved... I don't know. This is hard to say. I feel like every Yu-Gi-Oh! series I watch, I'm like, I'm in love with these cards. So I found cards I was in love with. Big shocker to everyone. I think you'll find that. And I know with, you know, with, with you, Jimsta, not um, being too familiar with the series quite yet with only watching the first two generations, like you're going to find a lot of decks that you liked from each generation just because the time we only got like one episode a week and these all these cards came out every two months of you know brand new cards and with you coming in a little bit later in the later in the franchise you get you're experiencing all of it all at once and so you're going to see so many different kinds of archetypes that really stand out and when you're somebody like you and like me who you know we we dabble in a lot of different fandoms or different you know hobbies then we're gonna find a lot of favorites with this card game and it's definitely different compared to um compared to like other franchises or fandoms where they don't they don't have such a wide array of things i don't know how to how to word it like you know in Yu-Gi-Oh sense a lot of monsters for a lot of different kinds of monsters for you to play with like Pokemon, yeah, you, you get a little bit of that with Pokemon for sure. And there are some other franchises that are starting to, they, they do branch out a little bit, but I feel like there's not going to be anything as diverse as what Yu-Gi-Oh has been for the past 25 years. Yeah, I think my main thing with Yu-Gi-Oh, like compared to Pokemon, Pokemon in general feels like it's its own set. I know that like there's like different typings and stuff, but Yu-Gi-Oh feels like, even inside like there are sets within its set like you know you'll have the magicians or you'll have the performer pal like you'll have all these other subsets inside of it that is that's what i love a lot about at least the cards and the show that there are themes for anyone yes exactly and that's you know that's one reason why i love it so much is i the i have a lot of favorites with this series because i look at it generationally like you know what are my favorite decks from Yu-Gi-Oh gx but what are also my favorite decks from Yu-Gi-Oh's x they they're all their own story and their own set of decks that come with it um you know obviously in real life you can play all those decks that you know any deck you want out of the entire series and so that's what makes it harder in real life to do but i mean it's still so much fun you still get to dabble in so many different kind of decks are there any other monsters you want to mention any honorable mentions or anything or did we cover honorable mentions i mean i like i said i mentioned the cat monsters already i love them i guess we're cosplaying now uh <laughs> as the cat monsters um and i, I gotta go with you as far as hydro can and big bluefin i think that was a, an incredible looking fish monster um and then super king rex was really cool too yeah they're just some great cards great monsters 
in this series. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched it, I do recommend going watching it. You're going to find a monster that you're going to become attached to. I I, pro- I guarantee it. Yeah, for sure. I completely concur with that. So, like we do on the podcast at the end of every episode, I didn't tell you we were going to do this today, but I feel like you've listened to the podcast before. We do rate the episodes we have watched on a scale of one to five shots. One being not good, five being amazing. What would you give these first 20 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! 7s. You know, I'm pretty optimistic, and with the amount of fun I had with this uh, group of episodes and just, you know, being reintroduced to a whole new, or being, sorry, being introduced to a whole new series, I honestly would probably have to give it a, I'd have to say a four. Nice. I am also giving it a four. I just think you don't have to take this too seriously. I don't think going in this like with like high expectations or I don't know, whatever you're putting on Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, just go in wanting to have fun and you're going to enjoy this first part, these first 20 episodes. You're going to enjoy it if you don't go in expecting something specific. Couldn't agree more. But on that, I think that wraps up this episode. If you're wanting to follow the podcast, we have a Instagram, a Twitter, and a TikTok. They are all at the Anime Bar. And if they want to follow you, David, where can they follow you at? Uh, yeah, um, one of my most notable uh, Instagrams is um, at Applin Orchards. Uh, big, big Pokemon fan. Um, it's a completely fan-based account. I love all of my followers on there. I, I'll admit I have not been as active as I should have been lately, but that is starting to be uh, picked back up. I will be having a podcast come out as well sometime in the near future or you could find me on twitter my twitter is david underscore overly one i did recently change it to just being a personal account but that's perfectly fine trust me when i say you're still gonna see a lot of pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and digimon all on there when i'm not fangirling over heartstopper <laughs> i was gonna say it's it's a heartstoppers fan account for sure but you're gonna love it and if you haven't watched heartstoppers Heartstopper, sorry. I know that's. <laughs> I don't want them to come after they will. me. Heartstopper. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, give it a watch. It's great. I cried. You're going to cry. Yes, yes. It's a good series. But like always, thank you for listening to the podcast and cheers. cheers.